0: Stand up for yourself, and I'll back you up, because problems don't solve themselves. I'll tell you what, instead of would or could, I think you should. Draw a line in the sand and stand your ground, it's for your own good. In a city by the lake is a town of Brunswick, Ohio an access studio tucked off the main street with a flickering street lamp that in the morning's due sun suggests hope. A place for us to settle into, a place for us to talk and share. As the orange rising sun comes up, this is evident. This is a place where we will share and see the possibilities. Welcome to the Voice of Families and Addiction, a podcast giving families dealing with addiction their voice. Hello, my name is Roy Poyan. I'm, the, I'm a licensed chemical dependency counselor assistant and a certified mental health coach. I'm also the director of Families Impacted by Opioids, a non-for-profit 501c. We provide education for families dealing with substance use disorders, which is the purpose of our podcast and you joining us today. In order for us to take time to have a voice and have that voice to be meaningful, we need to have an understanding of what it is that we're asking for, who we are, where we are, what we need. In today's episode, We'll open up the topic that's provided to us by the National Institute of Health titled Esprit. It's an acronym. S B-I-R-T. It stands for Screen, Brief Intervention, Referral, and Treatment. I am joined today by Chris Golian. Hi, Chris.
1: Hey Roy. So, Pleasure to be here uh, in the inaugural episode of your podcast.
0: This is the beginning for us, and and I'm, I'm very excited, and I hope the audience is also. So Chris, the family dealing with substance use disorders would seem to have their backs up against the wall, you know, or is it an opportunity to gather together, unify, get educated, and share their love for each other? Either way, this change is going to be constant, and the way things were for them, their norm is no longer going to be their norm. They're going to have to find a way to define the new norm for the family now that the family is dealing with addiction.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, certainly a, a a daunting task. I mean, that's that's no easy thing to figure out. It's a, a confusing time, and you know, along the way in this podcast, I mean, we're you're going to you know, kind of step by step process on all right. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. Where do we start? Because ultimately, that's the most difficult part, is to start. It's the most important part, but it's also the most difficult, is where do we start? And so here, I think with with this, um, this acronym and, and this line of thinking, you know, this is a great place to begin this whole process.
0: I agree. It's, it's interesting because when we look at the family dynamic, the, the family is a system. You know, we, we start out by saying, okay, well, really, there's a, there's a family unit. And it has a system in which it kind of like functions. And each of the people that are in the system has a, has a potential to contribute to the family. And that's, that's called a family dynamic in the way that they contribute for each other's benefit and theirs. But if we don't know where to begin, and most of us don't, I mean, let's face it. It's not like when we were in high school. Somebody sat us down and said, hey, if you run into a family member who's dealing with addiction, here's how you get started. Um, First of all, we're frightened. Second of all, we're angry, we're very angry. I know from lived experience. And with that, you tend to sit and take a step back into yourself. And that's probably what we don't want to do. But the reason that we do that is we're not sure how to respond. So the best way to deal with it is to first retract and figure things out. That's where their voice gets formed. A voice that they can then say to the public, we're dealing with this and we don't know what exactly we should be doing. But we know we don't like it. We know we want it to change. And for whatever reasons, we know that we want it to go away. Unfortunately, Chris, it's not going to go away. Right. And this is, I mean,
1: this is something that, that takes action. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's the you know from our brief pre-show discussion here about this topic and, and what we're going to do today. That's the the good part about this is that there is a process and there is a way to take that action. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have it clearly defined here. Uh, but yeah, it is. It's you you've got to do something. Mm-hmm. That's so you know we talked about we're inter- the introduction here. You got to start. Okay, that's great. You're you're starting. But now, okay, where are we going to move from there? Where, what are we going to do to start? That's the big thing.
0: Well, you know, sometimes you sit there as a family and think, boy, I wish we could, like, invite somebody to our family table and just kind of, like, after dinner sit down and say, listen, this is what we're dealing with. How do we get going? The National Institute of Health has done some studies with other private entities and public entities, and, and they've empirically, meaning they've proven out with science and measurements and criteria what is the most successful way to do it? It's empirically proven. And SBIRT, S-B-I-R-T, an acronym for Screen, Brief Intervention, Referral, and Treatment, is really what they've decided would be optimal for us to respond to. So they've given this to the medical communities. Okay, they've given this to the social worker in, in the ER to say, okay, you came to us with an overdose, and we're talking to you now out in the you know the waiting room, and we're trying to get the family organized and thinking, "Okay, there is a next step now let 's kind of get ready for this. Um, a doctor might be sitting in in his office uh, reviewing a case and and sees that there's a there 's a possibility that there's addiction going on, not quite sure he 's going to want to use a screening tool. You know what Chris that same screening tool can be used by the family. They just need to know how to get it you know in front of them and then a little bit more about what the expectation is when they go to use it. So what we want to do is we want to introduce the first of the acronym, S, and that's going to be the screening tool for a um, tool that's titled Michigan Alcohol Screening Tool, MAST, is uh, is the acronym. And the MAST screening tool is a selection of 22 questions that are asked of the person. And they just go through these questions. And it starts to help them to understand a little bit about, so this is who you are according to this you know study tool. And we know it doesn't lie to us. It only is a mirror for us. And it tells us this is where we are right now because we are the ones that filled it out. Somebody didn't fill it out for us. Somebody didn't lead us through this. We read it and answered each of the questions. It also has a score so you can rate it. The other tool that's available is for drugs. You recall the first tool I mentioned was MAST, and that's the Michigan Alcohol Screening. This is, in fact, the uh, a drug screening tool called DAST. Isn't this kind of fun? I mean, <laughs> MAST DAST. Um, I kind of feel like we're in a Dr. Seuss thing here. <laughs> but with that in mind, all, all seriousness, now now we're talking of, of about. 28 questions, and each of these questions are not weighted, but they help you to identify, you know, are we characteristically behaving in a way that would suggest we need to take a closer look? With this as the screening tool, all this really does is it helps us to understand what's happening right now. It doesn't provide an assessment. It You cannot create a diagnostic off of this. That's not its purpose. Its purpose is to lead you further into the SBRIT. So now we're moving from the S in SPRIT to the B and the I. And that stands for brief intervention. And it's just what it says it is. It is a brief intervention or a brief kind of dialogue of, well, okay, your screening suggests that there's a situation going on here that might require more of a clinical look. And it, that being the case, we're going to start to look at another acronym called FRAME. And, The frame helps us to kind of sure up uh, what is in a brief intervention. Well, for one, feedback is the first F of frame, feedback. And, And feedback is, you're going to start off by saying, this is harmful for you. Now, from the screening, we see that you've got this situation. We just want to be honest. This is really harmful for you, and I hate to see you in this situation. This could have medical implications. You could lose your job. You could lose your family. There's all kinds of fallouts by continuing with this uh, condition that you're in. The R in frame is responsibility. Believe it or not, we have to be reminded that nobody's going to be able to do this for you. Nobody's going to sit down and say, listen, if you do one, two, and three, you'll be good. That That is so individually tailored when we talk about rehabilitation that we, we want to approach them with a model, but the model has to have a very high degree of flexibility to it. And these do, typically. So that's good news. But the responsibility has to be stated. You know, John, Allison, the responsibility is yours. We could be there with you, and we will be, but you have to be the one that makes this change take place. And then A in frame. That's where we're giving advice. And the advice that we're we're called to give is the best thing for you to do is for us to start to take a look at treatment centers here in the area and what's going to work best for you. There's a multitude of levels in the treatment centers that would ask us to say which level is right for you. Matter of fact, there is a program called ASAM, and and that stands for the American Substance Abuse Medicine. And, and what that does is it actually provides an algorithm for the treatment centers to follow when a person comes in at a certain level. ASAM helps the clinician decide, does he go into residential? Does he go into partial hospitalization? Does he go into an intensive outpatient where he's, he's, he's basically showing up a certain number of hours each week, uh, interacting with the facility, but not living at the facility? What can he do it at home? Um, And now we're seeing a lot more of a push towards detoxing. Isn't that something, Chris, that they're actually looking at having you do your detox at home because they have found that you can be provided that through telemedicine in terms of detoxing, depending on where you fall in the level of intensity and what kind of patient you really are. And that can only be done through an assessment, not a screening tool, but an assessment. So once the level is determined of where you're going to come into, come into as a referral, that you're going to go with your treatment.
1: That's interesting, and the the you touching on that. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people, I'd imagine. Get this knowledge from, you know, like pop culture. You see things on TV or mm-hmm. some of these things. And that is not the reality. Right. That is not how the situation goes and these you know, dramaticized things that you see on in on television or in movies. That's not how this process goes. And keep in mind, you know, in, in that instance, you're watching a character, you know, now you're in the position here where this is a member of your family. Right. I mean, this is somebody that you've, you know, seen grow up, you care for. And so it's it puts you in a much different position. So the fact that you even touch on that, a lot of this is, can be done now via telehealth or if this, at least this initial process, um, rather. But you know, that's, that's, those are important details.
0: You're right, especially when we start to talk about the voice of the family. And when I say the voice, I'm not talking about let's go down to the public square and, and you know, with banners and, and just express our, our anger. We're doing that, and it's good that we're doing that. This is a different kind of voice. This is a voice from inside ourselves. This is a voice from inside the family. This is like really grass-rooted internal kind of stuff that we're, we're proposing. What we're saying is we want you to get smart because a knowledgeable family is empowering, and an empowered family is unstoppable in so many ways. You know, Chris, here's what I mean by that. If you show up to the ER with an overdosed loved one, you can set up a command center right then and there and get ready for the next step. You know that they're gonna do their job. You 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 had the fortitude and and, and the preparation to put together everything that the financial intake person is gonna need on a sheet, his HMOs, his, his medications, his allergies, and you hand that to the person so you can spend time, you know, more closer to the examining room and be a be a participant rather than spending time over finance filling out their paperwork. There's lots of things that we can do as family members when we're reformed to get ready for this. We already know that they're in addiction. We know as an industry exactly what's gonna to happen to this person. No, we really do. It's not a mystery to us. It's a mystery to the families because they don't have the knowledge. And that's what families impacted by opioids is delivering to the families.
1: Right, and and you touch on that, and it really is true. It's an old adage, but it's a true adage that knowledge is power. Yes, And that's a big part of you know, what you're trying to do and what you will be doing uh, with these programs, with these programs, with this show, is, is providing that knowledge. because with that knowledge is power. You have the ability to make the impact to and not just any impact, but, but a lasting one, an important one. And even just those little details, having that information readily available, like you were just laying out, if when you go to the emergency room, it seems like a minor detail, but it's it's not. Those are really important things, in you know, in figuring out how to treat this person and then where we're where we need to go going forward.
0: I I see the um, I see the 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 journey of a family, and it just breaks your heart. Uh, knowing in advance when somebody says my, my child has an addiction, you, you immediately know they're aware of so much that they're not aware of. I, I know not what I not know. Uh, and so um, what, what we want to do is change that. That's the voice that I'm talking about, that inner confidence, that substantive caring. It's a, it's a true form of love. And it becomes so shareable when, when our cup is overflowing with, no, I get this, I don't got it yet, but I get it. And, and I know that I can step forward with confidence. Now I can start to gather together other people in the community, because there's a wealth of resources available to us. We just don't know as family members, and I don't know as a family member, how to pull in as I need think of, Think of a community as being a membrane, kind of like the Jetsons, it was a bubble. And that outer membrane film is our community, our society. So there's the Department of Water Works. There's the Department of Aging. There's the schools. There's the churches. And all these entities are here. And we're in the middle of the bubble on the ground. And we're looking up and we're saying, I think I need this. And we pull it down. I think I need that. And I pull it down. Well, that's really what happens here with a family that's dealing with addictions. They reach out to the community and they say, I need this. And they're very specific about it when they ask. And that agency can sit there and say, hmm, seems pretty informed. Good. Fill out the form. And they say, I knew you were going to ask me for that, and here's the information back. Because I got smart. I'm knowledgeable. That's the level that we can be at. That's the level that we need to be at. That's the voice playing itself out. So with that in mind, then, the other part of frame is you have a menu of choices, Miller and Rolnick um, are uh, psychologists, and, and they develop something called a motivational interviewing. And in MI, um, it, it's a very valued place for the family to be for themselves when they understand what the choices are. So many times I've suggested to somebody, you need to start looking for a treatment center. You've got somebody who's addicted. And they'll say immediately, almost a knee jerk, they're not ready for that. Yeah, but you need to be. I'm not talking about them. Everything that we're going to talk about is not going to be about the person who's dealing with substance use disorder. We're all focused on the family members and, how, and strengthening them. In fact, the family it would benefit by starting to talk about recovery. And everything that you talk about to this person, it should be about recovery. Don't spend time talking about, you know, we're planning a trip to Hawaii, or what are we going to do over Thanksgiving? The conversation should always be, until they're in recovery, about getting to recovery. It's kind of one of these, that's, that's something to think about, but what I want to talk to you today about, Bill, is um, how are we going to get over to recovery? And when that is repetitively repeated, and they see that they're always going to press up against this, this, um, this barrier they're gonna to start to realize it's, it's their new reality. They gotta deal with this. Because the family is knowledgeable. They actually talked to the recovery group. They actually talked to the admissions person. The admissions person in preparation gave them the admissions documents that they're gonna to need to complete. They've already completed those documents and they are ready to go. That's where we want the families. And in that kind of preparation, they will say more confidently, Because the person that's dealing with addiction is always looking for that weak, you know, that little space that that they can kind of squeeze into and buy themselves some more time in order that they can keep using. So, what we're doing is we're closing the gap on what we don't know. Ignorance gives oxygen to the drug addiction and drug epidemic, knowledge suffocates that ignorance. So wherever this drug goes, to the schools, to work, into our churches, every, it, this drug permeates all aspects of our life. We need for knowledge to go there. And I am sorry to say, the government is not going to do that for us. Okay, so we have to do it, Chris. We have to be the ones that take continence in ourselves and have, an inter- have a voice either outside or within our family and say, no. We're not going to take this anymore. We're going to stand up for ourselves. We're going to have a voice in this. And when America has a voice that's informed, we will start to beat back this this epidemic. And
1: I I think one of the big things that you're, you're speaking about there is just setting a standard, setting the tone. That's part of what this knowledge helps you be able to do is... Is is speak from a place of confidence because you're prepared, and that's that's an important key to this because it, you know that it sort of sets the attitude for the whole situation. Mm-hmm. You're prepared. You're ready. Mm-hmm. You've already had those conversations. You have that information, mm-hmm. even if it's just for a form. Yeah. Even if it's just for a form, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you know that that type of behavior and that type of attitude then. Now you're going to be informed about this aspect of it. You talked about being informed and speaking about the recovery. Okay, so now you're going to be ready for that. Mm-hmm. You, that's, that's what this will help you, uh, will help achieve, is, is being prepared for
0: any, any of these situations along this train. It's, it's, a, it's a perfect way to frame up ourselves. Esper screen, brief intervention, and you can look brief intervention up on YouTube. There's some fabulous YouTubes that'll show you exactly what's involved in a brief intervention. We're not trying to make clinicians out of you. We're trying to make you an empowered family. Don't let the medical community tell you you shouldn't be doing this, okay? Or, you know, it's kind of like they make you feel a little uncomfortable that, well, you're not a doctor. It's like, well, that's obvious that I'm not a doctor, but you're not a parent. You're not a brother, you're not a sister. I have a role to play and I'm not gonna stand back and let you take on my role or tell me that I shouldn't live in my role. I'm going to have a voice in this. American families need to have a voice in this. The cartels are delighted that they're able to use our children in order to bring it over the border and that they're able to use our children in places like Huntsville and Flagstaff to break down these vehicles of 75 kilos into 35 kilos to then send up the highway to Cleveland and Pittsburgh at other cities, to then be broken down. They're using our children to break this down in inside of these broken down and suburban houses. They're using our children to mix it in, in these in these mixers and, and dilute it and, and, and put it into small baggies. They're using our family members on the streets to sell it, to create a thuggery so that the supply chain t- stays intact. They're using us to count the cash that's coming back in, and it's voluminous cash. We're talking, Chris, duffel bags of cash. A kilo of fentanyl sells for around $8,000. When you break it down, dilute it, put it into small bags, get it on the streets, get the cash, bring the cash back into the house, throw it through a cash counting machine, band it, and put it into a duffel bag, it's around $1.4 million in 20s, 50s, and 100s. Can you imagine? That duffel bag then gets picked up by the same routing system that brought in the the, the 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 fentanyl, and it goes back through the same chain. A little bit of cash t- is taken out at each stage, so those people can get their pay, and then the final duffel bag shows up down in the Sentinel, uh community in Mexico to the cartel. This is like a 7-Eleven supply chain, you know. I mean, we're, we're practically talking about you know microwavable chibichangas in the in the in the, in the freezer. Um, they even brand it, and and when they make a batch, they they'll they'll take a stamp with a little yellow like ink blend of a of a lemon with a smiley face on it. And it'll go down to the streets, and the, then the the person will come back in the afternoon and say, "I want some more of the smiley lemon." And like now nah, we're all out of smiley lemon. We have we have jolly green giant this afternoon, and and, and I mean come on, <laughs> the, we've got to stop this. This is our children, and our family members. These are not. People from Mexico coming into our community and managing this. We're managing it. We're managing a genocide because this stuff is poison. We are creating a genocide of our family and we're doing it to ourselves. And that's why the war is actually at the level of families, which means we've got to make the families smarter. Espert is the beginning of that. It gives them the, the power and the tools. Yeah, and that's
1: and and like you were describing, you know, this is impacting communities and your family, and this, you know, we said it. I'll say it again. I mean, knowledge is power. So the only way to start combating these things is by you know increasing that knowledge level, figuring out what your role is in all this, because much like anything else, you do have one, you do have a role, but figuring out what that role is and how to best
0: function in that role is incredibly important. I want to thank you for joining us today. Chris, thank you very much for your insights. And in so presenting this to you, you can count that we will continue our dialogue with you. We will give you that voice. It'll be yours to then use, but we we will support it with other types of media, other types of content. We're going to take you through Every issue you're gonna face as a family, guess what? We know exactly what you're gonna experience. And in many cases, we know the timeline that you're gonna experience it in. So we figured all this out. We just haven't boiled it down to kind of a curriculum that you can then gain access to and then thereby become smarter at what you're doing. But the beginning of that is available to you And we'll introduce that to you in later episodes, how to access that type and level of curriculum. Stand up for yourself And I'll back you up Because problems don't solve themselves I'll tell you what Instead of would or could, and I think you should. Draw a line in the sand and stand your ground, it's for your own good.